Welcome back to the Eldalorn Yuletide Celebration. This is where I dive deep into wintry northern ancestry to bring you stories from the past. This next gift for you is an Icelandic fairy tale, first put into print in 1897. The story is about family dysfunction to the point of being almost comical. Why families make one child a scapegoat is a mystery. It is the basis of many such stories, as you will see in the tale of Helga, an Icelandic fairy tale, narrated by Carly Bon. An old man and his wife once lived in a cottage beside the sea, far away from any other inhabitants. They had three daughters, the eldest was called Fredegon, the second Olga, and the youngest Helga. Now, although the parents were not rich, owning only a few acres of land which they tilled themselves, Fredegon and Olga were treated as if they were princesses. They never did any work, but sat all day amusing themselves and decking themselves in any finery their father brought them home from the neighboring town whilst Helga, who was far more beautiful and clever than either of her sisters, was always kept in the background. She never shared in any pleasures that her elder sisters often enjoyed. No presents were ever brought home for her, but all day long from early morning till late at night, poor Helga had to work and toil for the whole family receiving nothing but sour looks, often accompanied by blows from her elder sisters. Now it happened one day that the fire on their hearth had been allowed to go out. Helga was busy working in the fields, and as they had to send a long way to fetch fresh fire, the old man told Fredegond she must go for it. At first, Fredegond grumbled, for she was trying to dress her hair in a new way, but then she thought a walk through the woods might be pleasant. So she started. After she'd gone some little distance, she came to a hillock and heard a deep voice saying, Would you rather have me with you or against you? Fredegond, thinking it was some laborer or woodcutter, said she did not care in the least and that it was very impertinent of him to address her, and went on to the cave whence they catched their fire. When she got there, to her great surprise, she saw a big cauldron filled with meat boiling on the fire, and beside it stood a pan filled with dough, waiting to be made into cakes, but not a creature in sight. Fredegon, being very hungry after her long walk, stirred up the fire beneath the cauldron to make the meat boil quickly, and then began to bake some cakes. But although she made one specially nice for herself, she let the others burn so that they were quite uneatable. Then, as soon as the meat was cooked, she took a bowl from the shelf, filled it with all the good best bits, and sat down and made a good meal, finishing up with the cake. Just as she had finished, a big black dog ran up to her and began wagging its tail and begging for some food. 
but Fredegond angrily gave him a slap and chased him away. Then the dog grew angry and jumped upon her, biting one of her hands, screaming in fright and pain. Fredegon jumped up and in her hurry to get away forgot all about the fire she was to bring and ran home to tell her parents what had happened. They were very sorry, both for her sore hand which they bathed and bandaged and the lack of the fire. It was really very unfortunate for that cave was the nearest place where they could procure some fire they could use in charcoal burners. So, though very unwilling to send Olga, who was their pet and favorite, she had to go, for they all feared that if Helga were sent, she might run away and never come back again, and then there would be no one to whom to vent their bad tempers or to do the work of the whole household. For did she not wait on father and mother and both her sisters? So it was decided that Olga should go. But alas, Olga fared even worse than her sister. She was so spoilt that she thought she ought to have the best of everything. So when she reached the cave, she too helped herself to all the best bits of meat and, making a nice cake for herself, threw the rest of the dough on the fire. Then when the dog came up to her and wagged its tail and sat up and begged for some food, Olga took up some of the boiling hot broth and threw it on him. This made the dog so angry that he jumped up and bit off the point of her nose. And Olga ran home crying and screaming with only half a nose and no fire. This time the parents were quite beside themselves with anger and decided that Helga must go and fetch the fire. If she succeeded, well and good, and if not, why, the dog might even eat her, for all they cared. It would be a good riddance. So taking up the big fire shovel, Helga went on her way to the cave. As she passed the hillock, she too heard a voice saying, Would you rather I was with you than against you? To this question she answered, a well-known proverb says, There is nothing so bad that it is not better to have it on your side than against you. So as I do not know who you are who ask me this question, I would rather that you were with me than against me. And hearing nothing further, and seeing no one, Helga continued her way till she reached the cave. Here she found everything the same as her sister's had. The cauldron was on the fire, and the dough was ready for baking, but instead of thinking only of herself, Helga looked after the meat and saw that it was nicely cooked. Then with great care she made up the dough into cakes and never thought of taking anything for herself, although she was very hungry, for she had nothing for her breakfast but some hard, dry crust and a glass of cold water. Neither would she now help herself to any of the fire without asking leave from the owner of the cave. Feeling very tired after her long walk, Helga sat down on a bench to rest. But she had hardly done so when she heard a loud rumbling noise. The ground began to tremble, 
and Helga, fearful that the cave might fall in, rose hastily from her seat. As she turned to run out, she saw a big three-headed giant standing at the entrance of the cave, followed by a large black dog. Helga was terribly frightened. But being fond of animals, she held out her hand and patted the dog, and she quite regained courage when the giant in a kindly voice said, You have done the work well, which you found waiting here. It is only right, therefore, that you should get your fair share. Sit down on the bench and share my dinner. Afterwards you can take home some of the fire that you have come for. The giant then got a bowl from the shelf and helped Helga to some broth out of the big cauldron, carefully giving her the tenderest bits of meat. As he did so, the ground again began to shake and tremble, and fearful noises like claps of thunder frightened Helga greatly. But the giant, in a gentle voice, bid her sit down beside him, and she finished her broth. Then the giant got up and gave her one of the cakes she had baked. But no sooner had she finished it when the ground began to shake and tremble. Thunder pealed and flash after flash of lightning lit up the inside of the cave. Helga got so terrified that she ran up to the giant for protection. And as she clung to his arm, the noises ceased. And as the darkness passed away, Helga saw that the giant had disappeared and that she was holding on to the arm of a handsome young prince. Nay, do not be frightened, he said. I can never thank you enough, dear Helga, for you have rescued me from the horrible enchantment the wicked fairy pronounced on me at my birth. I am Torquil, the son of King Osbert, who reigns in the neighboring island. But because my father refused to marry the evil fairy and chose my mother instead, the wicked fairy condemned me to go through life as a three-headed monster until some young girl, despite my frightful appearance, placed full trust and confidence in me. As Prince Torquil said these words, he seated himself beside Helga on a stone that was thickly covered in soft green moss. Then Helga told him her history and why she came to the cave, and also the fate of her sisters who had gone to the cave on the same errand, adding that she must hasten back with the fire, else her father and mother would beat her. You shall not be ill-treated any more, replied Torquil. And he went to the back of the cave and presently returned carrying a casket and a small bundle in his hands. See, this casket contains gold and pearls and precious stones, he said. You can give some of these to your sisters, but this, and he placed the bundle on the stool, you must wear under your own dress when you get home and be careful that no one sees it. So saying, he undid the bundle and unfolded a beautiful dress of cloth and gold, all worked with silver and precious stones. Helga could not repress a cry of admiration when she saw the lovely gown and warmly thanked the prince for all his beautiful gifts. Torquil then filled her fire shovel with burning coals 
and carried it for her some part of the way home. But ere they came in sight of the cottage, he stopped, and taking her hand, placed a heavy gold ring on her finger. Keep this ring, dear Helga, he said, and let no one take it from you. It will not be long ere I come to claim my bride. But I must first return to my parents and tell them the joyful news that the wicked charm is broken at last. With these words, he took a loving farewell of Helga and started her on her homeward journey. When Helga reached the cottage and her parents saw that she had succeeded in bringing back the fire, Helga for once in her life received a kind word of welcome. But when she showed them the casket and was about to give her sisters some of the jewels, they seized upon it and, dividing the contents among themselves, returned Helga the empty casket. They might have also taken away her beautiful dress, but after Torquil left her, she had taken the precaution to slip it on under her old gown so no one knew anything about it. And thus some days passed on. Matters relapsed into their former way. Fredegund and Olga did nothing all day but deck themselves with jewels out of the casket, quarreling and fighting over them, and Helga, as before, had to do the work for the whole family. One day the mother, who had been to the higher meadow for some herbs, came back and said she had seen a beautiful big ship lying in anchor on the shore below the cottage. The old man hastened down to the strand to find out who the owner of the fine vessel might be, and seeing a boat pulling off from it, he waited till the stranger, who was a handsome young man, had landed, and then entered into conversation with him. But though he lied him with many questions, he could not find out the young man's name. Then the young man in his turn began to question him and asked him how many children he had. Only two daughters, replied the old man, and such good and beautiful girls they are too, he added. He should much like to see them, said the stranger. The old man, greatly delighted, led the way back to the cottage where his two eldest daughters had hurried on their best frocks and decked themselves with all the jewels out of Helga's casket. The stranger expressed himself as being very pleased with the girls. But, he asked, why has one of your daughters got her hand tied up in a cloth and the other one a kerchief across her face? At first the father said they'd met with an accident and slipped down the cliffs, but then the stranger pressed for further particulars and the story of the dogs in the cave had to be told. But surely you have another daughter, said the stranger, one who, I know, is always kind to animals. At first the old man and his wife both declared they only had those two daughters, but when the stranger kept on urging him, he at last admitted he had one other girl. But she is so ugly, lazy, and wicked, they added that she is more like some wild animal than a human being. 
But the stranger said he did not mind that at all, and that he must see her. So the old man was obliged to at last call Helga. The poor girl came out from the kitchen dressed just as she was, in her shabby old dress, when the young man went up to her, and as he took her hand, the ragged old gown slipped from her shoulders, and there to the astonishment and rage of her sisters stood Helga, arrayed in a beautiful garment the prince had given her. Prince Torquil raided the old man and the two wicked sisters soundly for all their unkindness to Helga. He also made the sisters give up all the jewels they had taken from her, but Helga begged that they might be allowed to keep a few, and the prince consenting, she gave each of them two chains, two brooches, two bracelets, and two pairs of earrings. Then Torquil led Helga down to the shore and took her on board his beautiful ship where his sister gave her kindly welcome. And when they reached his own country, King Osbert and his queen prepared a great wedding feast and Torquil and Helga were married and lived long and happily together. And with that said, this is the end of our Yuletide celebration here at Eldalorne. I hope the new year brings you joy. And as a side note, Helga never went back to where she was born and never saw that family again. We can only imagine, even after Helga's generosity, what happened to her spoiled sisters and her nasty parents. Come back and see me again January 7th when the third season of Tales of Eldalorn comes back to life. Go ahead, push the follow button. Galo Anor, Eroradin, Malanamine.